HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Levo. Simple, potent, at-home herbal infusions at the push of a button. Learn more at levooil.com and feed your enthusiasm. That's L-E-V-O-O-I-L dot com. Hi, I'm Mike Schreiber. Welcome to The Shameless Chef, the show that takes us back in time to home kitchens in the 1970s, but still has a lot to teach us today. I developed this show with Michael Davenport in 1977. He was the original host of The Shameless Chef, and he shared his fearless attitudes towards food and encouraged home cooks to have fun and take some risks in the kitchen. I'm excited to keep this legacy alive and share The Shameless Chef with you on Heritage Radio Network. Today's episode is about gaining confidence in the kitchen so that you can break rules, try new recipes, and experiment with different techniques. Early on in my relationship with Michael Davenport, I was somewhat of a novice in the kitchen. I wasn't raised under the guidance of my mom. I was more interested in playing outside. But when I became a dad, I started to experiment in the kitchen by doing some simple things like making pancakes for my kids. That seemed fairly easy, so I moved on to omelets or grilling hamburgers. But for some reason, I was reluctant to grow beyond that. When we started producing The Shameless Chef, I shared my hesitation with food preparation with Michael, and he encouraged me with the expression, just do it. He said, accept that you'll fail at first, but don't give up. Each time you fail, you get closer to success. And that's been my belief every time I try something new. Ironically, I actually succeed on the first try sometimes. The real outcome has been a greater confidence and willingness to try. So thank you, Michael Davenport. My sainted Aunt Mert was a remarkable cook and the true queen of the kitchen. She looked like an Aunt Mert. Hair back in a bun, corpulent of build, cheery of disposition, and a delight. Everyone should have an Aunt Mert. She taught me a lot of things about cooking. She was never too busy to make every cooking session an instruction session. I quote her frequently. I think of her often when people ask me for recipes. I'd ask Aunt Mert, well, but how much flour do you use? And she would answer, enough. This is The Shameless Chef, and that's our program for today. Enough. The best cooks I've ever known, and some quite celebrated, some television stars and some authors of many books, and some just Aunt Mertz, and invariably they got around to unusual dis- designations of, of quantities that go into a recipe. Well, now, here are a few uh, typical questions and their typical answers. How much butter? 
about the size of a walnut. Uh, how long do you blend the pastry dough? Mm, until it forms lumps about the size of a pea. Uh, how much sugar? Uh, handful. And then there are terms like a pinch of salt, uh, seasoning to taste, a dollop of oil, a dash of port, snippets of chive. <laughs> it all boils down to Aunt Mert's answer. Enough. A famous cook I know, at whose knee and kitchen table I learned most of what I know today, which is enough, <laughs> once gave me a good answer when asked, how do you know when you've put enough nutmeg in the sauce? And his reply was, well, there's a special muscle in my wrist that stops me when I have enough. And that's true of all of us who have spent some hours with the pots and kettles. You begin to know when the pan is hot enough. It's like testing a pressing iron with a spit-moistened finger. You, you know about pie crust. You can tell by the look of it. Or bread dough when it feels right. And that's about as specific as one can get. And you know, in spite of the meticulously accurate amounts of things described in recipes, in most cases, you can vary a little, add a little more or a little less, and doesn't make that much difference. Like timing. You can set all the dingy timers you want for the oven, but ultimately, your nose will tell you when something is done. This is Michael A. Davenport, the Shameless Chef. And don't be intimidated by recipes. Most things are hard to ruin. Enough already. In the middle of this country is a celebrated restaurant that features American food, uh, not cuisine, food, mind you. One of the features on the menu is carpetbag steak. It's American, you betcha, like apple pie and old glory. The name is distinctly southern, the combination of flavors most gratifying, the contrast of textures delightful. This is the shameless chef resisting the endless temptations to make a gag out of carpetbag steak. There are a lot of things you see on the menus of restaurants that you think can only be done in professional kitchens with professional chefs attending the pantry. Courageous cooks will undertake to duplicate these specialties, and they brag about it. They go on and on endlessly about having to bribe chefs, provide illegal delights to restaurant owners, and spy on the kitchen with binoculars from far windows to learn the recipe. <laughs> Boring. I bribed no one, contrived no spy tactics, and am breaking no confidences. Here is how to do carpet bag steak for dazzling friends and family. It involves good steak and fresh oysters. Have your local meat gentleman cut your tenderloin steak some oh two and a half to three inches thick and split them down the middle. A sharp knife does it nicely. Make a pocket with as small an opening in the side as possible. Now then, allow four fresh oysters per steak, one steak per person. This is for monster appetites, let me warn you. Saute the oysters in butter only until they're warmed through, not browned. Drain the oysters and insert them in the pocket of the steak. Sew it up, or use small metal skewers if you want. Broil the steak as you ordinarily would, and I recommend pan broiling, as you've heard me opine before, that is using two heavy skillets blazing hot on top of the range. And that's it. A little salt and pepper, and you've got it. Carpet bag steak. Now, that much meat is for a hearty appetite, so keep the rest of the meal simple. Salad only, perhaps fruit and cheese for dessert. And please, no letters about dieting. If you must control your weight, keep it as your problem. Elsewise, one of the joys, indeed the necessities, of self-indulgence would be carpetbag steak. Michael A. Davenport here. Still. We'll be right back after a short break. This episode is brought to you by Levo, the world's most intelligent at-home infuser. 
It's super easy to use to make infusions for cooking, candies, cosmetics, and herbal medicines. When the box showed up, I was excited to try it out as I've heard good things about the machine. It looks like a space-age coffee maker on the counter, and having it out makes me want to infuse everything. I've got plans for the hot peppers on my counter and the sage I picked from the garden before the first freeze last week, along with some other choice herbs and spices. I think everyone on my list is going to get infused oils this year. So far, I've used it for cannabis, basil, and orange peel-infused oils and butter. The machine even has dry and activate functions for the highest potency and stability in your infusions, and you can connect through Wi-Fi to track your progress and record your recipes and share with the Levo community. Learn more at levooil.com. That's L-E-V-O-O-I-L.com. We're back with The Shameless Chef. I got into a galloping argument recently on what is and what is not an authentic Caesar salad. There was a good deal of table pounding about ingredients, origins, and so forth, and so forth, and so forth. This is The Shameless Chef. And I say, who cares? For the record, the celebrated Caesar salad was born in a hotel in Tijuana during Prohibition, I'm told. It was first served in the dining room called Caesar's, and it became so famous that people would drive for hours and miles just for the salad. It's still served there to this day, and there is an authentic recipe. But, as I said earlier, who cares? If you're doing a salad, although the recipe may be basic, what you do with it makes it your own. Again, for the record, if you want to drop me a line here at the station, I'll send you the authentic recipe for what it's worth. I won't go through the whole thing, for I firmly believe that you don't write anything down you hear on the radio, particularly if you're driving in your car. Speaking of salads, here are a few more types that are highly disputed by those who are uptight about original recipes. Now, there's the Waldorf salad. Does it or does it not have nuts, and was it born at the Waldorf Hotel? The answers are yes and yes, and the nuts are pecans if you want to be a purist. Coleslaw is another. No, it was not named after Nat King Cole. And no, it isn't cold slaw. It comes from the word coal, C-O-L-E, or kale, which is another name for the cabbage family. You can add radishes or pickles or carrots or raisins. You'll have my approval. More important, you'll like it, which is the wanted result of anything dreamed up in the kitchen. So take Caesar salad, coleslaw, Waldorf salad, call them anything, as long as it's good. Just let it be called delicious. What's a stew, after all? Oh, I'll see that you're sent recipes for the above if you wish. But part of the pleasure of being shameless in the kitchen is making a recipe your own. This is Michael A. Davenport, and here's to that famous salad called Shameless. Please, subscribe to The Shameless Chef wherever you get your podcasts. The voice you heard throughout this episode was Michael Davenport, the host of The Shameless Chef, who unfortunately passed in 1985, but lived a truly vibrant life. The Shameless Chef is produced by Dylan Hoyer and me, Mike Schreiber, with podcast development and additional production by Kat Johnson. Our audio engineer is Matt Patterson. The original theme song for The Shameless Chef was composed by Chip Davis. Armin Spengen composed the theme music for this podcast. The Shameless Chef is powered by Simplecast. The Shameless Chef is a production of Heritage Radio Network. 
the world's pioneer food radio station. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org and follow us at heritage underscore radio.